You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast at Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway, and we are so excited to wrap up our Art of Neighboring series, talking with, well, a couple of my neighbors, kind of. We're in the same edition, about a couple mile walk, or less than a couple miles, I guess. It'll take me several minutes to get there. But Travis and Shelby Baugh, that was quite the diatribe that I didn't intend to go into. Travis and Shelby Baugh are joining us here on the podcast to talk about the art of neighboring. If you were at our vision night on February the 28th, or if you had a chance to watch the vision night after the fact, you can still see it on our website, kingswaychurch.org. You saw the video of Travis and Shelby Baugh and some of the ideas they have about how they want to be good neighbors and how they want to get to know their neighbors and then use that opportunity to show them the love of Christ. So Travis and Shelby, welcome. Thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for having us on, Andy. Super excited to talk a little bit about our neighboring efforts and just kind of what's worked for us, what hasn't worked, and share the the trials and errors and, and learnings with everybody. And Shelby, you guys are, are recent neighbors because you just got married, right? Yes. <laughs> so what's, what's that this last year been like? Life is newly wedged, trying to fit into a new neighborhood, trying to get to know each other. It's definitely been a growing season for sure. Um, I I think it's great that Travis is a great leader, and so he's made it so easy for me to transition to a new town, a new church, and um, just a whole new life. And honestly, uh, being a homeowner has been so such a growing experience because (laughs) 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 because I don't know how to do anything. That's I've I've. I've definitely been humbled through this entire experience. (laughs) Travis, it's a crazy time to get married and to move into a neighborhood. I mean, has that been part of the motivation for trying to get to know your neighbors just because it's all so new? Absolutely. Yeah, 2020 was a a wild year for us. In uh, February of 2020, a couple months before we were even engaged, we decided to build a house in the Trailside Edition uh, in Plainfield. So we had kind of a nice long runway of about seven months between knowing we were going to be in this neighborhood and when we were actually in the neighborhood neighborhood. So we had a lot of time to really think through what kind of neighbors do we want to be? You know, what do we want to do with our neighbors? How important is it to have those relationships with neighbors? So we had really a long period of time between February and then August when Shelby moved in and then October when I moved in after we got married to really talk through neighboring. So having a little bit of time before we were thrown into the neighborhood was kind of nice to give us some time to plan and and be intentional. What were those conversations like, Shelby, as you, you guys were preparing a whole new life together and and kind of having that chance to prepare? A lot of times folks don't have that, but you guys did. Yeah. So um, the the conversations kind of started. Um, we, would, we would get together after work some nights and, and eat dinner at downtown or in Plainfield area. And and we would talk about our vision. You know, we want we wanted to really, really be um, intentional out of the out of the right from the beginning. So um, we wanted to um, learn our neighbor's names. Um, We we made a a vision to really... um, Sorry, I'm nervous. You're okay. You're um, okay. We we made a vision to um, get to know our immediate neighbors right next to us. Um, And then um, also just, just really keep an open mind and pray through it. You know, what do we want our neighborhood to look like in five to 10 years? And how can we be a part of that? And, and honestly, just making Jesus' name known and, and how can we make that happen? And 
So that's kind of how the conversation started and has really blossomed from there because Travis has started reading the neighboring book um, that we're, we read through church. And, um, and so it's really, really taken a whole new life form. Yeah, we say we want Trailside to be a little piece of heaven. You know, we want every house in that neighborhood to know the name of Jesus and to be following him. And while it's a lofty goal, you know, that's kind of what we what we shoot for. Um, and we, we have what we call now kind of the core four. There's four sets of neighbors in our neighborhood that we try to be really intentional with and at least once a month, you know, get together, whether it's watching a Colts game in the winter, you know, frying up some wings and, and, and hot dogs and watching a Colts game or with the warmer weather, you know, some bonfires and cookouts. There's always some sort of activity that we've been able to do. And a lot of the times it's things that we'd be doing anyway. It's just including other people in those activities. We haven't had to reinvent our life or our hobbies or what we like to do. It's just setting out an extra plate or putting an extra seat by the bonfire. So um, that's been nice too, is it's kind of things we already enjoy doing. It's just doing those things with other people instead of alone. These core four, Travis, were, were they immediately receptive or did it take some time? It they weren't the first four people we talked to even. And, okay. that, and that's yeah, kind that's of been, a good word. that's been important for me to remember is that you're not going to bat a thousand with neighboring. You're not going to have an amazing, enriching, life-giving relationship with every single house on your block. Mm. So we met several people and then just kind of gravitated towards, towards these four. And we want every house in our neighborhood to, to be saved and have a living relationship with Jesus. Um, but the reality is you probably won't build a deep relationship with every single house on the block. Um, and that's okay. There's some people you click with and, and some you don't. And kind of how things shook out, there's uh, this great group of four neighbors that we, we do life with and we, we share our lives with them and they share our lives with us. And it's just been really neat to, to watch those relationships blossom the, the last couple months. What's been your favorite part, Shelby, of those, those relationships you're starting to form? Yeah, I think the spontaneity of it, um, you know, we can just go outside in our yard and look over the fence and say, oh, hey, our neighbors are out. What are you guys doing tonight? And and so um, something I didn't expect is just being a new homeowner and newlyweds is, is how much they've given to us. Um, those relationships are so enriching and, and so valuable to us now. We, we wouldn't be who we are you know, right now in our marriage, if it wasn't for them. And we, we came into it thinking that we were going to give to them, but they've given so much to us and that, you know, and advice and, and the time they've spent with us, it's, it's been, you know, some of the best moments of our marriage have been with them. So absolutely. As first time homeowners, there's a lot of things we don't know, but <laughs> living by people who have been through the ringer before and know things. Um, we had a neighbor spend four hours last Saturday, hanging a storage unit up in our garage with us. We've had other neighbors, help with our landscaping and, and helping dig up bushes with us. And Wait, things. what are the, their names and numbers? I would like them to come over. <laughs> right. Andy, we know you could use some help in that department sure too. Our, our skill sets are pretty similar with, with that very low. So that's been great. And that's been one thing we've had to learn too, is you, you have to let people love you as well. You know, we want to, we want to bake for our neighbors. We want to do nice things for our neighbors, but it's important that it's a, a two-way relationship, that it's reciprocal, that we love and let ourselves be loved. And, and that's been really neat to, to see it work both ways. It, it probably would feel, if you didn't do that, it would feel to them like you have an agenda, right? right. If you're not letting them interact with you and love you as well, it, it would feel very one-sided. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And Shelby's always really big on that, making sure it's not for uh, ulterior motives that, you know, the Bible commands to love people, even if they don't have that spiritual interest yet, 
even if they're maybe not interested in going to church with us right away. We don't stop loving them then. We don't slam the door on them then. We keep we keep loving them and we trust that, you know, God will work in their hearts in due time and that, that he's in control and, and not us. So Shelby does an awesome job for us of, hey, keep loving them. And if that fruit comes, the, the fruit will come. But ultimately, God's in control. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, and, and I just, I, I love the Old Testament and um, some of like the different characters in the Old Testament were so hospitable. I just think back to Abraham and, and how he welcomed three random strangers into his home. And, you know, would I be willing to welcome three random strangers into my home and give them a year's worth of food and, 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 and help them that way and think for them that way? And I honestly, like, that was challenging. That was a challenging question for me to really think through because I want to be hospitable in that way and give to others. And, and so Travis and I have really tried to think of an environment that, that would be like that. And so, you know, are we, are we being intentional, even if we're tired after work, to, to welcome people in for dinner at least once a week, um, a new family a week? And so um, that's, that's some things that we've really thought through in our relationship. And I've had to remind myself that there's no script or formula for neighboring. You know, I'd like to be a planner and very strategic. And sometimes I would overthink our hangouts. Like, how can I how can I force the gospel into this hangout today or force it into the conversation? But um, you just have to kind of let the relationship naturally build. And those windows will, will come up eventually, you know, open ears, open eyes. And there will be a time where you can kind of give an account. There will be suffering and you can bring hope. Um, there will be injustice and you can bring up justice. You know, all the great characteristics of God, there's so many windows to talk about that. So I've had to just kind of not try to script it or plan it out too much, but just kind of let that relationship build and, and trust that those windows will open. Mm-hmm. Our pastor in Lima, uh, Doug Boquist, uh, in his 60s, just so much wisdom. And he always used to say, just you, you can, people will know you're Christians. And when life happens, they'll know where to turn because life's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. something bad's going to happen, something difficult, something they're celebrating, and, and they're going to know where to turn. The joyful people, the people that have hope, they're going to know where to turn. And so what a great what a great word you, you guys just shared that there's no agenda. You know, we're just going to love them, and we're going to build that relationship, and God's going to provide opportunities, and ultimately the fruit is up to him. It is not up to us to, to produce that fruit. We're just... We're, he's the vine, we're the branches, right? And so we're just producing that fruit. I got a peach tree and a pear tree that's actually got fruit on it this year. It didn't freeze. And we're just waiting for that fruit to be ready to eat. And, and as neighbors, I know you guys are as well. And that's another huge reminder that I have to tell myself is that there isn't pressure on me to save people. You know, I'm called to show and share the gospel with those people that I encounter. That's our call to love people, to give an account for our faith, but I don't do the saving. You know, God will speak to their heart and that person has to make the personal decision to respond in faith. So God uses us as a vessel to accomplish his mission, uh, but he saves, you know, we can point people towards Christ, but we can't make the decision for them. So, you know, we've had to remind ourselves to not carry that burden with us yeah. to to do that, that, you know, God God will take care of that. You know, we love, we, we share the gospel, we show the gospel, and then then it's up to, to Him. Mm-hmm. You mentioned before that a lot of your neighbors are, they've been previous homeowners, so they can help you in some of your new home ownership responsibilities. Is it different generations? I'm curious. These, these folks that you reach out to, that you uh, get a chance to interact with, is it all your age or do you see older families, that type of thing? Yeah, we do see people in different life stages, you know, people in our own life stage, but also people 
that are a generation ahead of us, which is so nice because they've given us so much parenting advice. We want to be parents, and um, hopefully that would that would happen soon. But um, through what they have to offer um, and what they've shared with us, it's it's honestly probably made us better parents before we're even parents. <laughs> and it's, so, yeah, there's a lot of different generations, and they a lot of them have owned houses before, and so they have that to offer, too. Like, hey, we've owned houses before. This is going to happen. And um, and we've loved uh, sharing meals with neighbors, too. That's an easy one because everybody's got to eat, right? Yeah. So just, uh, you know, doubling the amount of ingredients we buy at the store and eating together really seems to break down barriers as well. There's something about you know, passing the plate along. And it's just kind of a communal activity, a shared experience to eat meals together. So that that was something we really did early on, just kind of making some memories around the table. And then that was able to go into other areas of life as well. So we both love to, to bake. We both love to kind of make meals. So um, sharing dinners together and even then just like dropping some baked goodies off on people's mm. doors as well. We've had uh, two or three new people move into our block since we moved in. So what we've done is we just kind of made a little goodie bag with some brownies in it and then included a short note that said, hey, we're Travis and Shelby. Here's our address and here's our phone number. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help as you integrate yourself in the neighborhood. We've got your back. We're in your corner. We're here for you. So just to kind of throw that out there and let them know that, hey, there's somebody here who who loves you and is here for you with kind of the daunting new uh, life stage of entering a new home. Yeah, we want people, we want to be known. Like we, we want them to know that we're there. And if they ever want to get to know us better, if we want them to feel comfortable with us. And I think a part of learning their names and, and making ourselves known to them is they'll feel comfortable in getting to know us better and building deeper relationships. And I think eventually that would lead to, you know, just meeting them where they're at and, and whatever hardships they're going through. And, and that's my vision too, is, you know, we, we don't want surface, surfacey relationships with our neighbors. And um, it helps the safety of a neighborhood to know your neighbors better. It, it helps um, the neighborhood grow, grow more and economically in every single way. And the health of the neighborhood really thrives and people know each other. And, um, and so, yeah, we just want to meet people where they're at. And even if that means that we do things <laughs> that we don't always want to do, we have to make sacrifices to make that happen and to see our vision come to fruition. Yeah, to, to tell a story, uh, just last night, actually, we, we went to one of the core fours houses and they love to eat kind of off the wall foods. They'll watch these YouTube videos of a challenge, like a very hot peanut or pepper. And, and last night they had these sour pickle balls. It's, uh, oh, about about the size of a, what would you say? Oh, it's the size of a quarter. The size of a quarter, probably. And this was like the most disgusting thing either of us have ever ate, a sour pickle ball. It's even worse than it sounds, I think. Was it actually a pickle shaped in a ball, or it was like artificial flavoring pickle? Artificial flavoring, okay. like over a ball of salt almost. So it was salty and sour, and oh my gosh. But they're, you know, they're like, hey, let's all do this. It'd be fun to try together. So we're like, what the heck? Let's eat a sour pickle ball. And both of us, I think, are still a little nauseous this morning from the sour pickle ball. But but all for the sake of neighboring, right? I was worried. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it to church or not. <laughs> they, they really played it off as though that'll be fun. It'll be harmless. And we were both like, 
we choked him down barely, but uh, he has a video of me, and it's literally like I'm the Hulk. Like green is literally spewing out of my mouth yes. and covering the table with like green goo, ink-looking stuff. I wish we could attach that picture video with the podcast, but I think Shelby would make me sleep on the couch for three months if I ever shared that picture with, with anyone. So, but yeah, it's like we did not want to do that. But it's like you know what? Like this could be a fun experience with our neighbors, and we didn't feel like we were really compromising anything. It was just a fun experience, and. We'll probably talk about that for the rest of our lives <laughs> with them. Did anyone like the sour pickle balls that tried them? No. <laughs> <laughs> the host had ate one before, so he's a little more mentally prepared, but I didn't think we knew what was in store there. <laughs> the price of neighboring. The price of neighboring. Yeah, that's right. And then we started to read The Art of Neighboring uh, in the winter. Uh, a good buddy of mine recommended the book, and that really kind of took it to a new level of intentionality as well, where it wasn't just something we wanted to do personally, but just kind of looking at it from from God's point of view as well, where God put these people around us for a reason, you know, and just taking the, the great commandment literally, you know, love our neighbor, we kind of tend to think that neighbor is such a generic term that can be applied to anyone, and, and certainly it can, but how about how about we literally love our, our literal neighbors in some ways? So that, that took us to a new level of intentionality and we include our neighbors in our prayers every night as well, just that God would touch their hearts and that they would see Christ in our lifestyles and our actions and our words and our service. And then that can someday lead to a conversation about faith when they have that, that tough circumstance uh, go out in life. So try to be intentional about it. I think just like any relationship, you have to be intentional or it won't happen. We're super busy with our careers and activities and all, and it'd be a very easy thing to go by the wayside if we weren't intentional about it. So it's something we're kind of constantly evaluating weekly is, okay, is there any opportunity to get together with neighbors or, or do something for them? We knew that one of our core four had a son playing baseball this spring. So we texted them and said, hey, do, does he have any games coming up? Oh, nice. And then six of us all went to his baseball game How last fun. Wednesday night, kind of had a, a cheering section, if you will. And we even had somebody come up to us and say, wait, are all you guys here to watch? to watch uh, him play and they thought it was just kind of the neatest thing that several of us from the block had gone just to watch the baseball game there on the Wednesday night. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories, uh, for, for doing what you're doing. If, if you're listening to this and you'd like to connect with Travis and Shelby, feel free to email me, alynch at kingswaychurch.org. Maybe you have some ideas. Maybe you have some questions. I know they would love to share those with you. Uh, but thanks for your time today, guys. And thanks for what you're doing in your neighborhood. So cool. Appreciate the opportunity, Andy. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. If you want to continue this conversation a step further, feel free to reach out to us here at Kingsway. Again, my email, alynch at kingswaychurch.org.